Arthur and I had a, such a good discussion while he was here for a week, but we didn't record it. I felt so bad. We should have recorded <laughs> it. Because Arthur is a, a skeptic. He's, he's very critical. He's a critical thinker. He's trying to understand soul and God and meditation and consciousness. And he has very good questions. And I was trying to explain to him that you know, like he, he would ask, well, what is soul? What is it? And it's like, well, I can explain the concept of what a soul may be, but I cannot pull out of my pocket a soul substrate and say, this is the comp, this, these are the individual components of soul in this Petri dish. It just doesn't work. Like it's not provable. Eastern philosophical concepts based around spirituality, mysticism, and religion are not scientifically provable. And, and I told him that is the intellect searching for a concrete answer for proof. And the intellect, that's why the intellect, and my guru said, the, the intellect is the biggest barrier to the superconscious. Well, his guru said that. The intellect is the biggest barrier to intuition, to the superconscious, to these mystical states of consciousness. The intellect will demand proof, but the mystic just has faith and trusts that his experiences are real. And, and you know, we were talking, he was talking about, well, he was saying, okay, well, and he, he brought up some really cool ideas I really liked. And I, and I really wish we recorded that conversation because I don't think it can come back up naturally again, mm -hmm. organically. But he said, let's say someone hooks you up to a machine while you're meditating. And the, the different stages of deep meditation that you go through, let's say they map that out on a machine. And they say, okay, when you're in this stage, this compound was released in your brain and, and this compound. And so let's say enlightenment is manufactured chemically and you could recreate enlightenment with a chemical concoction, right? Or a chemical cocktail. And I thought that was very, that's a very interesting idea. But doesn't your brain wiring change along the path as well? So it's not just chemicals. It's to do with the connections between the neurons as well. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think of that at the time, which is why we should have had the, the all three of us together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and hence the famous um, quote, I think from Walt Whitman. I, I don't remember who said this actually, but the a man doesn't step into the same stream twice because the man is not the same, nor is the stream ever. So why is the stream not the same? Because it flows away. Yeah, it's always okay, different. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. So you're never stepping in the same stream twice. Yeah. And so you're always changing. This element Nature is always changing. So yeah, as you go through Ashtanga Yoga, I imagine the neural pathways in your brain increase 
I imagine you get many more connections that weren't there before synapse that are, that are just connecting uh, different rivers and they're, they're, you, maybe you disconnect others. I don't know. Um, I believe as you memorize more things like gray matter or gray area in your mind increases. So, but, but let's say hypothetically that the, the chemical structures can be duplicated or, or manipulated to recreate Ashtanga yoga. And you can take someone who's completely dumb and ignorant and terrible and give them this compound. And then they're like this enlightened sage. So what does LSD and shrooms do to you? Isn't it similar? Well, that's yes, exactly. That was along the same lines in the conversation. It was like, well, LSD and, and mushrooms and, and MDMA, those release different compounds in the brain that make you feel spiritually enhanced. And, um, you know, taking it a step further, what if you could perfect that to where it, it makes you permanently spiritually enhanced? Um, and then what happens to your theories of, of everything, of the hard work that it takes to do it and, and, and the afterlife? Because Hindus believe in three, three worlds. So what if all of that could be recreated? And I, and I told them, you know, then that would be fine. So the, the, the only reason that I believe what I believe in is because of experience and faith. So if my experience can be recreated and my, my faith can be altered, then I'll choose another way of thinking and I'll go with what we know. But as of right now, no one can do that. And no one knows any, any better. So I have to just go with, you know, the why is really, well, why not? It's it, right now, the Hindu theology and practice and philosophy is to me, one of the deepest paths you can embark on and if that's all replaced by science well then it's replaced by science like it doesn't make sense to me to be permanently enlightened is that a state that and someone has reached from well well yes and they do they stay in that state permanently Mm -hmm. or do they eventually return no, um, well, there's different levels of that. So inside Samadhi, which is deep meditation, there's two levels of Samadhi. Inside Nirvikalpa Samadhi, inside Samadhi is, is the highest attainment, which is Nirvikalpa Samadhi, where if you go through the energy centers in the, in the body, um, the yogi breaks through the Sahasrara center at the top of the head, and the, you're, you become unified with your identity with soul becomes complete and you are in a spaceless, timeless and formless state or non-state. And so at that moment you have Nirvakalpa Samadhi, the practitioner or the, the yogi has to come out back to ego, eventually back to life, back to the body, back to space, time and form, right? Back to earth. So, but that, 
breakthrough is called enlightenment or self-realization, like full self-realization, full soul realization. Um, that is term that is deemed enli- an enlightened individual. But then you were talking about compounds which can make you permanently enlightened. So permanently in that state of no time. I can't remember the things you said. No, no. Space, time, and form. No, what I meant was, could those compounds help you break through the Sahasrara center? Oh, to become enlightened. Right. Right. Oh, Oh, okay. So I was looking at... Because what if if you took someone who was going through... and, And Arthur said... Well, what if you took someone who was going through Nirvikalpa Samadhi and uh, mapped out what's going on in their brain? So, because I had said it's 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 without space, time, and form, so it's it's not of this world. And his argument is, well, maybe you could map it out to this world and recreate a spaceless timeless formless but that the concept goes against the idea because if it's spaceless timeless and formless nothing in within space time and form could could reflect could reflect it does that make sense yeah so but but he but again the yogi who is his is entering Nirvikalpa Samadhi is using intuition, right? Is using uh, super conscious intuition or, or a knowing that they have entered this state. It's, it's, it's subjective. It's, sub- it's not objective. It's subjective. It's, it's based on their experience alone. So you're you're going off of trust that they did that until you've done it yourself and the yogi ramana maharishi was famously known for answering questions to to people with that answer they would say oh what is it like and he would say well why don't you go figure it out and tell me (laughs) like what's the point what is the point of me telling you what it's like it doesn't get you any closer right Go figure it out and then see if you start asking that question. See if the question is still there. And it's a very good answer. And it's true. Um, As I mentioned to you before, uh, I tried to pull that answer from one of the monks uh, when I was younger. And and he just said, wouldn't you like to know, you know, (laughs) and um so you, you, you do have to experience it yourself to understand that what is said about Ashtanga yoga is true, but if it's, if it's, if it's my brain doing that to me, or if I'm manipulating the compounds in my brain, well, okay, well then so be it. I don't know then that's the path I'm on. So in other words, there's, there is no answer that would bother me. I'm happy to change, you know, and I think this is why our conversations with Arthur are so free and, and just ongoing is because I'm not, 
offended or I don't have, uh, I try not to have um, cognitive dissonance, which means you believe in something so much, if it's proven wrong, you will still believe in it and make up reasons why it's true and lie. It's essentially, it means lying to yourself, but I don't, I don't believe I have cognitive dissonance. I try not to. And if there's a, if there's an answer to what's going on, if there's a better way, if there's an answer to life after death and someone says, Hey, we figured out life after death, by the way, it's not the Hindu thing. It's, it's this thing over here. Uh, I'd be like, well, cool. That's awesome. And an offer is the same way as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He's 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 an explorer. He's he's trying to find the best path. It's funny. I, I saw myself fifteen years ago in him. You really have to put in the work. It'd be nice if it was a chemical compound, <laughs> but it but takes. It wouldn't because what's I don't know. I don't see the point. But. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't see the point in that. Well, well, you have to get into a scientific state of mind. You know, I guess, have, yeah. To, a scientist needs needs another answer. They need to prove it with a, a combination of, of, of compounds, that, I mean, like an equation. I wouldn't see the point of taking it if it was like a pill or whatever. Ah, Right. If it was easy, would it have the same prof- profundity? Just like what would be the point? Well, nothing. Like all of life would basically become pointless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, would it? But would it actually? Well, wouldn't it? I don't know. I haven't achieved enlightenment, so you tell me. All levels of karmic layers are all all karmic layers, all ego pyramids of hierarchy, everything about creation and preservation and destruction, concealing and revealing grace. In other words, every structure of Eastern philosophy that we know and understand would be decimated mm-hmm. if, you could, if you could chemically recreate and distribute in mass enlightenment. If you could take any soul and propel them in a sip or a pill to their final destination, then nothing about life would make sense according to the Hindu uh, philosophy. Do you, but you still have ego though after enlightenment, right? Yes. And do you let that ego drive you or not? Huh? Do you let that ego drive you or not anymore? Well, no. You would completely become the master of of your own being. I mean, it would... What about... See, what about uh, souls... What about reincarnation? What about karma? I mean, theoretically, you can't achieve nirvikalpa samadhi until... Um, a certain level of karma has been resolved and reached a certain amount of experience. Mm -hmm. So remember, we're all in the same game, but we all have different characters. And some characters have, have 
uh, have 50,000 level up points and armor and guns. Well, other characters just started day one and they named their character and they have zero points. It's like World of Warcraft. So what he's saying is you could take the any you could give any character in the game the uh, the final boss compound to be the greatest player. And then someday it's just not as interesting to play the game anymore. Well, yeah, what would be the point? Yeah. It will feel good for a while and then you don't have anything else to do. So yeah, what's the point? Yeah, because the, the entire task, the journey, like the path itself of Ashtanga Yoga yeah. is like the meaning of your life. Yeah, it would get rid of purpose. It would remove purpose, and we would all, we would uh, become useless. How do you still have purpose though after having achieved enlightenment? Or did you not? But you did, right? Well, it's not something that we're really trained to talk about. Does that make sense? No. Well, ego is a tricky thing. And to say, to go around and say that you've experienced Nirvikalpa Samadhi is a trap okay. for the ego. It's like holding out a piece of cheese for a mouse. Okay. And I don't want to, you don't want to give the ego any chance of thinking that you're some, somehow special. But, but, I went through Ashtanga Yoga in the monastery and had very good teachers and very, they're very sound techniques, but the, the, so the, the purpose and the meaning after that experience is, well, it's, it's, we were taught to keep doing it to keep keep evolving and to keep so the idea is to help other people after you help yourself that's where your meaning comes from so it's not just enough to like help yourself it's it means something to then help other people which is why you become a teacher does that make sense yeah i was just thinking of it in terms of Let's say now I have a lot of challenges in the future I'll need to overcome. And eventually the biggest challenge will probably be teaching other people, which is what I'll need to face. Mm. Yes, that is that is a that's the biggest challenge for sure. It's one thing to, to yeah, it's one thing to teach yourself uh, or to to be taught, but to to be the one teaching, you have to really understand what you're talking about. Which is where you needed to go through that karma yourself first. Right, exactly. You need, you need, and in order to, to walk the path, you need, you need someone who walked it before you. And then you need to have walked it. And, uh, and then you can look back, right, and say, oh, I remember those steps. And then someone comes to you and says, hey, I feel this, this, and this. And you say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that, 
Now, going back to support versus guidance, do you need different perspectives then in order for it to be guidance? Or have you gone through it? Do you think that would be enough to then guide another person? Did that make sense? Uh, no. Okay. So would it be considered guidance if you're just going off of personal experience? Wouldn't you need other experiences as well, potentially? Oh, yeah. Know what to apply to that yeah. situation? So, so, yeah, it's, it's, so being a teacher is not just personal experience. That's huge. I, wait, I said that wrong. What's huge about that idea is that you can't just teach based on personal experience. You need to understand the subject in its entirety or near entirety so that you can approach someone's path from multiple areas. And it may not be something that you, you were benefited with from, but but someone may be a little different than you and they, they needed something else. And so because you understand the subject com and, and, and completely, you can point out uh, different methods. You know, a lot of teaching is uh, like closing your eyes and throwing a dart at a board. And it's like a board of techniques. And whatever technique the dart hits, you're like, okay, try that. And understanding the subject is just understanding all of the techniques behind it. But as to the person's path and what technique will help them, it's, it's a crapshoot. It's like, okay. here's what helped me, but this isn't working. So let's just try something else. And, and the person needs to, so that's where, uh, ultimate guidance is a little bit of support and, and a little bit of instruction, right? It's a little bit of both um, in the end because sometimes support is, is really important. Uh, sometimes actual guidance uh, is important as well. So it's, it's a balancing act. Most people, they'll only have one or the other. They only have support, actually. Most, most people only have support. And they're like, well, this is what I did. That's support. Yeah. Uh, guidance is like, um, well, there's about 200 different things we can do here. Let's, let's, let's try one of them. <laughs> you know, it's like a financial expert but, or like an average person. It's like a financial expert is like, well, there's a lot of stuff we could do here with your million dollars. Let's, let's chart it out and, you know, run diagnostics and, and we'll come back with a proposal. Okay. Anything else? No, I don't think so. Nice talk. Yeah. Yep. As usual, appreciate everyone listening. Uh, Rokas has shared the downloads with me. It looks like people are still downloading and listening. So there was the screenshot I sent to you, it went up to 103 that day. And then there was another one, I think, yesterday that was 83. So we are, yeah, getting some interesting spikes. Cool. Which is good, yeah. All right. Well, we will keep recording then. <laughs> <laughs> so, till next time.
Until right. next time, Marsh.